And now, weighing in, out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean McCarthy. Welcome to everyone to the midweek edition of Weighing In with the Real Funk, Josh Thompson, myself, John McCarthy, and on the controls doing the magic podcast, Dave. We are here midweek getting ready for a Bellator show, have a UFC that's coming up on Saturday with Glover Teixeira versus Thiago Santos on his comeback fight from those knee injuries and losing to John Jones. Got a lot to talk about, brother. We have a lot to talk about. I mean, we have, we sat down with Corey Anderson uh, yesterday in the fighter meetings. I actually interviewed him again this morning. Melvin Manoff, basically on his last two fights in his contract, says he has nothing to lose. He's going to go out there and do what he does. He's going to try to touch his chin before his chin gets touched. I mean, I am ready for this fight. I Look, I was very skeptical. I guess what it is is fight week. That fight week, like, aura has something to do with it. Because when I saw, when I heard they announced Melvin Manoff fighting him, I was like, ah, you know, I, want, I was hoping for, like, maybe a Ryan Bader or maybe, you know, a Machida or maybe, a, you know, someone else in there. You know, I was hoping for, like, one of those one of those uh, top 205 pounders in Bellator. You're, you're trying to take it easy on poor Corey. Nah, I, <laughs> Damn. I just, I, I was, you know, in my mind, I was thinking like that, that was kind of where I was looking at. But now that I'm here and it's fight week yeah. and I see like Melvin. Melvin's ready. He's ready. There's a bounce in his step and there's something about it right now. He's just like, look, I have two fights left on my contract. I, you know, with a win over Corey, hey, I might rethink this whole thing. <laughs> I might just be, I might rethink like I got a couple more left in the bag, which uh. I wouldn't blame him. But I mean, look. Bottom line is, how nice would it be to go out knocking out the number four light heavyweight in the world, and then you know maybe getting one more fight in, in you know in the Netherlands and Holland for him to fight because that's where he wants to retire. He wants to retire there. Well, he does want to retire there, but I t- I've talked to him because you know, he, he's such a good guy, and, and I love his son because his son is his inspiration. His his son is crazy. If you've never seen Melvin's little boy at fights, he is going and throwing shots during the fight. He's yelling at his dad, and his dad showed me. A picture, a video that his son sent where he's singing Melvin's walkout music and stuff. And he starts screaming to him about, you're going to win, right? And he goes, I can't lose. He goes, look at this, right? And so he's got his reasons. But the one thing if you look at with Melvin is we know he's going to come to fight. Yeah. So you just take a look at everything that he's done in his career. He's explosive. Has he been stopped? Absolutely, he's been stopped. But he's he's very uh, emphatic in in the fact that he goes, look. He goes, I'm not saying I haven't been beat. I have been beat. He goes, but I was beating every one of them. He goes, take a look at Robbie Lawler. Take a look at these fights. He goes, the only one that I will say I was losing that whole fight, Gegard Mousasi. Yeah. He goes, that's the only guy. He goes, everybody else. He goes, yes, I can get taken down. My, my wrestling sometimes wasn't good. My, my submission game wasn't good, and I got beat. He goes, but it wasn't because they beat me up. He goes, I was beating all of them up. He goes, and then they did their thing. I couldn't stop it. That's my fault. I, I get the loss. It is absolutely a loss. But he goes, I'm not coming there to be anybody's stepping stone. And I'm not coming there to introduce anybody as, ooh, you're the new guy in Bellator and we want you to go somewhere. He goes, I'm going to knock him out and prove that, you know what? No, I'm, I am no one's stepping stone. And I, I love the attitude that he brings. Yeah, you have to think in terms of, he has fought the who's who in kickboxing. Oh. And he's fought the who's who in MMA. He's fought everybody. There's not, there's not, I don't think there's a person you're gonna step that's gonna step in that cage and he's gonna be like, oh wow, 
that guy. It just, it's not going to happen. You know? And when you have, you have someone like Melvin Manoff who's fought all those guys, it makes it easier for them, I think, step by step. Look, for me, as I got older, I was like, man, I got more, a little bit more anxiety that came with it. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I, maybe I'm a one-off. I don't know what it is. No. But um, you got with, smarter. With, <laughs> with him, it is. it's something in him that makes him want to keep going and keep going. I mean, we've seen it in a lot of like pro boxers, you know, Evander Holyfield, Muhammad Ali. They just loved, they think they loved they the spotlight. Compete. They loved the, com- the competition. They loved it all. I, I was never that person. I loved it, but I loved it until I realized, okay, like, if you're not going to be champion, okay, uh, you know. But with Melvin, Melvin just, you could tell he just loves being in the game. He loves walking out to that cage. Today at the weigh-ins, you know, we had our weigh-ins on CBS Sports today. They show like, He's bouncing around right oh, in love, front of Corey. He does that all the time. And he's man. letting him know, even though Corey is probably a good four, three or four inches taller oh, than easy. Easy, easily. Four net. But with the bounce, with the bounce you couldn't you really tell. tell. <laughs> you couldn't really tell. That's why he does it. So, <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm going to bounce. Yeah. Like, you'll never know exactly what I am. So, it, I really think this fight comes down to who can implement their game plan the best. Corey's going to have to wrestle. He's going to have to use his, his striking to get in and close the distance. His size will be a big factor. Melvin's at a 185-pounder going up to one to 205. Oh, we just lost some lights, guys, so bear with us. Um <laughs> You know what I mean? So we, we probably look better now. Yeah, we, I know we probably do. Um, I know I do. In the dark, I look way better. <laughs> yes, please. So we're gonna get these guys. They're gonna turn our lights on for us. Yeah, look at we gotta just get in touch with you. Does that work? Oh, that's beautiful. How's that work for you? Beautiful. Is oh. that beautiful? Oh. Yeah, I look beautiful. Not here. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. So we lost the light in the background. They were setting up some right, stuff. We got so it covered. We got it covered. Thanks, guys. So um, you know, it's been it's been uh, it's been fun listening, watching Melvin walk around. With that little bit of like that, I don't want to say arrogance, but that confidence of like, if I get to his chin or I get to his calf or those leg kicks, it could, it could change the dynamic of this fight. Well, he's already said, he goes, he says, you know, look at you. There's a couple of things you can look at. He goes, look at his style. He's very heavy on that front leg. Yeah. He goes, what a shame. <laughs> you go, all right. He looks at it. He goes, look at all the pressures on Corey. He goes, He's the guy coming in. He's got the big ranking and everything. He goes, the the pressure is on him. Corey in reverse says, I don't have any pressure on me. He goes, I think the pressure is on Melvin. He's got to kind of stand up for Bellator. I'm the new guy coming in, and he he wants to prove something, and he wants to prove that I don't belong. He goes, I just have to go there and do my thing. I go there. I don't have the pressure of having to impress anybody. I don't have the pressure of the fans. I'm just going to go fight to win. I don't, I don't look at it that way, though, John. do I. I look at it as in terms that Corey has the pressure. And the reason why is I've been, of in, course Corey's, he does. I've been in Corey's shoes multiple times from UFC to Pride to Dream to, you know, to, to Strike Force to the, back to the UFC. Like, all those promotions, there's a lot to be it's, – it's really hard to get into that promotion with a win. Like, you've, I've seen in the past. It was, uh, I think it was Quentin Jackson and Marvin Eastman. But Quentin didn't look good that first round. I think it was in the, towards the end of the second, right? I think, he, or in the middle of the second, I think he ended up beating Marvin Eastman. Yeah, I did that. But in that first, I think I would remember. I, yeah, he knocked him out, but he he was having problems. He was having hard, it was a hard time with him yeah. in, the, in the beginning, and then he finally caught him on the chin. And it was lights out. In fact, they wanted to put Quentin against Chuck right away, mm. and Quentin said, "No, I need I need yeah. several fights." He wanted a couple of fights to get used to being back. You know, well, actually, it was his first time in the UFC, and they didn't give him that chance. Yeah. That's the thing. Is and there was a reason they didn't give him that chance. <laughs> they didn't want him to be comfortable. But that, that's the thing. is that When you go into a new promotion, and I, I actually interviewed him today, and they'll probably show it on the broadcast tomorrow, is that 
there's an, if you have a new contract, you have a new promotion, you have all eyes on you. You have all these new people that work for Bellator. They like, is the hype real? They want to know, are you as good as, as we paid you to be? You know what I mean? And like, that's, that's kind of what the idea is. It's no different than I think when, when you're a top baseball player, a basketball player, a football player that goes from one team to the next, they're like, okay, look, we paid you all this money. You need to produce. And that, that to me is the pressure. He says, no, he doesn't have any pressure. He said he actually feels relieved. He said he feels free yeah. that he's not under the UFC banner anymore, that he can just be himself. The other thing is, well, I think he's coming. He's, it's, it, I think it will play a factor is, is there's no crowd. Being comfortable with no crowd, that makes a little bit of a difference, I think, for him. Like, there's no one to impress. He's never been someone to want to impress people anyways. Well, he, he basically, you know, in talking with him, he said that he had to alter his style. He had to alter who he was as a fighter to try to please people to get that next fight that he wanted because he wanted to try to be exciting. He goes, and in trying to be exciting, yeah, sometimes I, I had spectacular wins. He goes, but I also got some spectacular losses based upon yeah. I'm not fighting a smart fight. He goes, with Bellator, he goes, I'm just going to fight smart fights. And you look and you go, I can't blame you, dude. Yep. That is exactly what you're supposed to be. This is, you know, fighting is a very selfish endeavor. As the fighter, the training that you go through, what you're putting to the side to get yourself into that position, to, you know, to be successful in the fight. And then when you talk about the fight itself, if you go out and you try to do something that is going to put you in danger when you don't have to be in danger, it's just not smart. Yeah, it's it's. I guess you have guys that are willing to do that and take risks at any cost. You look at someone like Anthony Pettis jumping off the cage, jumping, flying knees. Like those are like he little, is exciting though. Yeah, he is exciting. Yeah. But there's guys that feel like they can get away with that type of stuff, whether it's a speed factor, whether it's just a technique factor, whatever it is, wrestling ability to stop being from being held down. Those type of things play a factor. With Corey Anderson, you can't change who you are. And the bigger you get, it's harder to do those type of things. And when you have a promotion that is it is kind of like pushing you to kind of do that. And, and the thing is, and look. This is no way a knock on the UFC because it's actually been their business model is to have those conversations like Dana White does in oh, the back. Oh, he does in the and back. And say, hey, do you want to be show. a fighter? Yeah, Hold on. Every been show, he used to this. pull the fighters He's, together, yep. put them in the stand. He says, I'm going to give you 50. Yeah, at the time, it was $50,000 for the best knockout, $50,000 for the best submission. You know, he goes, he says, we want exciting fights. Yeah. Put it out there. You know, put on a show because, you know, and I don't blame him for doing no. that. I, I agree with him. That's his... He's the promoter. The, the better his fights are, the more people want to watch him. And so that's just, you know, part for the course for everything. But as the fighter, you know, sometimes when you're facing that guy that you know, I've got to be careful with this guy. Mm -hmm. We'll see some fighters say, I don't care what he says. I'm just going to go do my thing. And then they can get kind of labeled as, ah, oh, he's kind of boring. You know, when you're fighting a top guy, it's not easy, and you've got to look for the mistakes, or you've got to look for the openings, and they don't come that often when you're fighting another top yeah. guy. So well, he, it's a he, tough situation. He had brought up that he was changing who he was as a person. His mama called him yeah. and said, hey, that's not who I raised. You better get your shit together. He reminds me so much it's, of Evander Holyfield. I mean, I've been friends with Evander, and Evander's just a wonderful human being, but Evander's got more stories about my mama said. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and you look and he's got the same thing. Oh, my mama called me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta look and say, well, what's important. You know, it's important to be who you are. Yeah. 
you know, and, and if that, if being the mouthy guy is not your style, then don't do it. You know, I understand why some guys do, and it does sometimes bring them into another level and it brings an excitement and some guys can turn it on and turn it off. You know, let's just be honest. The guy who sits in this chair right here, Chael is magical as far as being able to turn it on and be the bad guy. Yeah. You know, and he's just fantastic at what he does. But if you truly know Chael, you know, that's an act. Yeah. And sick. he can do that. And he can take that guy and separate it where other guys can't. And when someone, you know, Chael gets a lot of people that they say bad things about him and they tell him how, you know, stupid he is. Or you say, you know, you, you're a liar. And, so, you know, and he, he's smart enough to go, okay. Where other guys can't, they they take it personally and stuff, and that's this you know that's the day and age of where we're at with social media and stuff. Sometimes you just gotta say, "I'm just gonna be who I really am." Well, like I would like to remind people that, and I've said this multiple times on our show, is that winning solves everything. So for Corey, <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens. You look at someone like John Fish. Now, John Fish had some other things, some underlying issues outside with the new contracts that were that were being signed for your your. Uh, your name oh. rights and all these other things, right? So there was some issues there when the UFC was first trying to get all that implemented. He refused to sign the contract. That was a big reason why they didn't like him. He, was, he, he wasn't always the most exciting fighter. We all can agree on that. And he is one of my teammates, and I'm not being a homer. See, I'm telling you guys. But it really just came down to the fact that John got to a title shot based on the fact they couldn't deny him anymore. Yeah. You know, and then that really is what it comes down to. So if Corey wanted to stay in the UFC, he could have stayed in the UFC and he could have just continued winning and continued his winning ways and then went on to probably potentially get a title shot, you know, down the road. But I, th I think what it is, though, is it too, is that you feel the pressure of and the stigma of the promotion being over you, standing over you, telling you who you have to be. And nobody wants to live their life that way. Nobody. It's no different than if you have one of those those girlfriends that fucking just controls everything you do. You're just thinking to yourself, man. Is that different with the whites? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's that feeling of, man, I don't want to do this anymore. And I think he just, he finally had had enough. And the contract, I mean, he, he came here, he came here and it was just, he asked for his release. He said, look, I'm interested in going somewhere else. I would like to be released. And that's how it all came about. So, look, look, we've gone on, I think, long enough, you know, about this whole thing. But, look, Corey Anderson fights uh, tomorrow night against Melvin Manhoff, who's very dangerous, not to be overlooked. I was one of those people that was kind of, like, overlooking Melvin. But, like I said, the fire in Melvin's eyes all week. And yeah. just also, too, understanding that he's got two fights left on his contract. He has nothing to lose. He's talked to it. He's, like, he's talked to us about it, that he's going to let it all hang out. And he's, like you said, oh, that he's a little heavy on that lead leg. That's a shame. That's, that's a pity. A, that's just a shame. Yeah. <laughs> So that that fight, uh, that fight is very is is very interesting to me. And the other thing too is, well, Corey Anderson's a really tall and stature kind of guy, and having to shoot a takedown on a guy that's sh as short as Melvin Manoff, that it's going to be a little. Man. And the speed factor will go to Melvin, at least for the first round, round and a half. I will give it to. I would say at least for the first round, it will go to Melvin. Melvin it depends Melvin, on how much he wrestles. Melvin has talked about working on his core, and you know, I was looking at him when he was at the weigh-in. I go, damn. Yeah, he is thick through the middle, but it's it's muscle. You can see yeah. it. So when a guy's got strong hips, heavy core, they're strong, man. And then sometimes you know, to you've got to really be able to change levels and get that guy's hands in places where they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be easy. And I'm not saying that Corey can't do it. He can definitely do it. But it's uh, he's going to have to work for it. Look, I'm really excited to see uh, Derek Anderson. Not Corey, Derek, Derek, Derek Anderson. It's Killy's uh, Mota. Yeah, he against Killy's Mota. Killy's Mota's only got one loss, man. 12 and one. And he just beat an undefeated fighter yep. in Mandel Nalo, 
who comes out of TriStar, good credentials. Uh, he just fought, what, last week? It was a growing shot, but it, was, it ended the wrong way. But, I mean, it was one of those fights where you're like, okay, wow. You saw a lot. I saw a lot out of him when he fought Saad Awad and uh, Mandel Nalo. Yeah. It looked impressive. And he was undefeated up until he had fought Killies Mona. Killies Mona is someone that can take the fight anywhere. He can stand. He can grapple. He is somebody, though, that will allow his back to be put to the fence. Yes. And that is not somewhere you want to be with someone who's as long and as big as Derek Anderson. Derek, Derek Anderson is... He used to fight at 55. He's beat Patricky Pitbull twice. He's got good wins over other guys. He is a phenomenal fighter. Did you he, see him at the weigh-ins? Yeah, he's huge. Holy I geez. did an interview with him right before the weigh-ins. He's enormous. And I'm like, Derek, man. And he's got a gold tooth now, by the way. I, I want to remind him. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? But, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, he's got a – he is someone that is extremely exciting to, to watch fight. And I love watching him fight because I've never been had a chance to call his fight, so I'm excited about that. But I just love watching him fight because he's just someone that will get coaxed into that. Bite down on your mouthpiece and let's throw. Yeah. When he has all the tools to take the fight anywhere he wants to win the fight and, and have a, and win a smart fight like Corey would like to do. Corey Anderson would like to do. But Derek doesn't want that. Derek's like, nah, let's get into this. Let's throw down. And he's fun to watch. And so I think if, if, you're, if you guys are sitting at home, you're like, hey, what fights am I going to watch tomorrow night on CBS Sports? That fight is the opening fight on the main card. I would suggest you tune in right from the beginning and you watch that fight for sure. That fight to me is going to probably steal the show. Uh, there's also one on, uh, on the prelims as well we'll talk about in a second here. But that's, that, that to me is on the main card. The Achilles Mona and Derek Anderson fight is the well, fight Achilles to Well, Mona for. trains with Glover Teixeira and they were able to train together since Glover's got his fight this Saturday yep. coming up. And you know, he said that was really important for his development stuff. And he knows about... Sometimes he allows his back to get to the fence or even allows guys to take him down because he feels so comfortable on the ground. But he says, I can't, I can't do that against Derek Anderson. And I love Derek Anderson. He's a surfer kid from Southern California is the way I look at him. I, I call him, he's the perfect, you know, he's, he's the guy that the SEAL team is looking for. I mean, he's, that, he's crazy. Yes, he, he will do anything. He's an incredible athlete. You know, he's called barbaric. I also call him CQB for close quarter battle because if you hit him, he's going to stand there and trade with you. That is just part of who he is. Yeah. He can't get himself out of it. And it would be smart for him not to do it at times, but it's just part of, you know, his makeup. And that's what makes him fun to watch. You know, it's funny. I was in, the, I was doing a comparison uh, with some of the guys earlier and I was like, you know who he reminds me of? Because when I interviewed him right before the weigh-ins, he reminds me a lot of Luke Rockhold. <laughs> And not because they're Why surfers. Why do you do that to poor Derek? Not because no. <laughs> they're surfers, but they both they both have a good look to them. They're both physically built like specimens, both long really and lanky. Athletes. Both really good athletes, and they both have that like, yeah, I'm just doing this for fun kind of oh. attitude when it comes to fighting. And I'm like, this is not something you just do for fun. Like you, you this, there's something wrong with you. Um, and like I know, I did it for years. Point, that's really what Derek's done, though. Yeah. He says, I do it for fun. You know, it's just something I. I you know, I can make some money at it, yeah, but I do it because it's fun. And now he's finally saying, I, I got to take it serious. I need to make my move. I want the belt. Yeah. And so we'll see what he does because that's, I, I think both of our opinions are our biggest complaint. You don't fight enough. You know, and he's had yeah, some injuries. He had a motorcycle injury, had a car accident, you know, and so it's some of the things on the outside have taken him away from the cage on the inside. Yeah. But if he can get in some fights, man, you could see him fighting for that title. Yeah. The thing is, is he, you know, he was supposed to fight like what, three weeks ago? About I think yeah. it was about three it's weeks Paul ago yeah, against Paul Daly. And Paul Daly has pulled out of this fight twice now against him. And what did he say in the interviews when we talked to him? He said, I feel like it was more of a victory for me 
yeah. to win that fight than as if I beat him up. Yeah. And I said, well, really? He said, he goes, you know, I went, and I went and talked to him because he didn't even want to look me in the eye. He goes, wow. I know. He goes, he pulled out on purpose. He was afraid. I went, Whoa, you're saying Paul Daly was afraid. Yeah. He goes, I can see it. He was afraid. I'm like, okay. You know, yeah, I'm not I, saying he was. I don't know how much I believe that. Yeah, exactly. But, but I, you know, I, that's what was said. Yeah, that's exactly what was said. And he said it, he repeated it again today in, in the in the uh in the interview I did with him before Wayans. Okay. It's it's uh I don't know how much I would believe that he was afraid, but I do I do think that there may be something to it. Like, hey, Paul had a rough cut yeah. and just didn't feel like he this is probably not a good time to try and take this fight. That might have been it. And the other thing is, well, what Paul's 38 years old, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, he's somewhere 37, 38 years yep. old. He's getting it up in age. And you start kind of questioning when, a lot of hard cuts. And when things don't go your way, like a weight, like a weight cut, you're starting to like, it starts playing in your mind. Like, okay, look, maybe I am getting older. This is harder than I thought, you know, who knows? But it really just comes down to, I think Derek Anderson's coming off of something where he feels extremely confident because someone like Paul Daly, this is the second time has pulled out of a fight with him. Yeah. And let's not forget, I, I don't think the MVP fight was something that was canceled. It was just canceled. Just period. Canceled. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't anything MVP did. But, like, he's been scheduled to fight MVP and Paul Daly twice, you know, and both fights have fallen through. Now he's fighting someone in Achilles Moda who doesn't have as big a name. No, not How close. do you get up for that? That's my thing is I'm sitting here thinking to myself, and I talked to him about it. He's like, look, I'm just going to go out there and do what I do. And that means I'm going to bite down on my mouthpiece and just try to <laughs> knock dudes out. And I asked him, I said, you know, Mike Tyson has that old saying, you know, like, everyone has a plan to so get punched in the face. He's like, I said, so what's your plan? He's like, we'll find out after you get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, yeah. you know, that you think that I think about is like he will have he will he probably has a plan. Yeah. I don't, but as soon as he gets hit, it all goes out. Enough about Derek Anderson. Let's talk about the prelim fight that we think is probably going to be maybe the fight of the night. You're talking about Alex Easy Polizzi against Julius Anglicas, who dude, that dude has got zero percent. Body fat. I hate that dude. So man. he looks just like me then. No, he looks. You are. You are a chub muffin compared I've to that dude. I've gotten so fat, man. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's embarrassing. I get out of the I get out of the shower now and I walk past the mirror and I'm just like, man, you used to be an athlete. What happened to you? <laughs> I'm just so embarrassed. I just think dude, to myself. I look at I man. look at Julius and dude, he, he just turns his with his shirt off and his back goes. Yeah. I went. Oh, that's just uncalled for. Checking out guys these oh, days. Oh, dude, huh? it does, man. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm like, holy shit, he's that's... got zero body fat. I can remember back when I first met Matt Hughes, and Monty Cox had told me about him, and then he takes the shirt off and he's he's rolling, and his skin looked like fucking paper over his muscle because you could just see all yeah. the muscle move, right? And it was like, Jesus Christ, man, what what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And this guy is exactly the same way. He's eight and one. He is good. He came out, you know, in his, his only Bellator fight, he fought Jordan Young, who was, I believe, either 10 and 0 or 11 and 0 at the time. And he smoked Jordan in that fight. It was, you know, throughout every round, won every round, couldn't put Jordan away, had him in a lot of bad positions. But you look, you go, man, he's good. And then we look at Alex Polizzi, who had come in, Bellator, only one fight here. He fought the ex champion in Rafael Cavallo. And he just smoked him in that yeah. fight. He made it look easy. That was the only fight he's ever had that has gone the distance. So, so yeah, it was the first time he went to a judge's decision, easily won it. But now these two guys matching up, and it's in the prelims. You're looking, you go, man, that is a great fight. Yeah. It should be good. Yeah, it's one of those fights where when I started looking at it on paper, I'm like, hey, what fights on the prelims can we maybe bump up to the main card if, you know, we end up light on, you know, for TV? 
And I was that was the first fight that looked at, that I looked at. I was like, that's the fight. Yeah. I mean, both of them are just they both look like specimens. They're both uh they're both super talented, very explosive, and they both like to get just keep it on the feet and let's get after it, man. And so I'm excited to see like how how that's all gonna play out and if we're gonna end up bumping that fight up because that, that would be a good fight to have on TV. Yeah, it would, you know. Polizzi's Polizzi's got that wrestling background. He's a good wrestler. He's yeah. just crazy enough to say, I like to stand up and bang. But Against Anglicus, you might see him say, yeah. uh, this guy hits pretty hard. I'm going to try to you know, get this down. Let's fight smart. It should be fun. <laughs> it should be fun to watch. Um, what, what, what else for you on this card? You know what? The, the other fight on the card that I, I look at, Austin Vanderford is uh, fighting against Vinicius de Jesus. And Vinicius, we've had here before. He's won. You're talking about a guy with a capoeira background, also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He has been training since he's a kid because his dad's a black belt in yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He's been doing, you know, the martial arts since the age of six. And you watch him. If you go back and you watch some tape on him, man, he's got some spectacular kicks and stuff. I don't know if he'll break him out. I asked him, are you going to break out something? He goes, got to, got to. You know, but against Manafort, it's not going to be easy because Austin, you know, a lot of people look at him and they, they don't give him the credit that he deserves. The guy is still undefeated. His wrestling is fantastic, and one and the the main part that I like about his wrestling is he does not give up on it. He's very Khabib Nurmagomedov like in that if it doesn't work the first time, I don't just give in. I, I go go after the second, I go after the third till I finally make it happen. And when he's on top, he is devastating. He's got heavy freaking hips. He's got big elbows. He throws. He throws hard shots. You know, he's taking out guys that are black belts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in grappling tournaments. Based upon, he's a good grappler. He's been in, you know, Chael's got the submission underground. I've watched his uh, his his uh, competitions right. there. I don't call them fights, but he's had his competitions there. Thank you for not doing that. That's yeah. embarrassing to me. Well, it's, that. Just I truth. really feel offended when they do that. <laughs> but it's, he is that good. And so that's a really good matchup because it really depends on, I know that De Jesus believes that even off his back, he can submit uh, Austin. I don't think so. I think Austin is that good on the ground where, you're not going to submit him. He's smart with submissions. He understands him. You're not going to catch him in that mistake. So it's a matter of, well, then it's you got to get back to your feet. If you're not going to catch him in the submission, I either have to reverse the position. That's not going to be easy. So getting back to my feet so I can try to beat him in the stand-up is where my game plan should be. And we'll see if uh, De Jesus has that. Well, both guys normally fight at 170. You know, um, Austin's been up at 185 now for what, two fights now? Yep. Two fights now. I think it's the right weight class. I think it is the right weight class. The hardest part for him is he'll have some issues when he gets up into that top, those top echelon of guys. Good. So once he gets, uh, you know, up to up to those guys, he may have start, start having some issues. I think at 170, he would still have some issues though. Fighting guys like Douglas Lima would be a hard fight for him. We saw Douglas Lima last week against Gegard Mousasi. Just the size of him is just. It's just like what the what the hell, you know. But um, look, Austin is like you were saying. Like you were talking to him yesterday. He's a purple belt, but he he established himself as if he's like a a, t- a good brown belt or even potentially like oh, yeah. a low level black belt, you know. And he's got good positioning mixed in with his wrestling and his control. He and is no slouch strength. on the ground. And his physical strength. Yeah, his physical. Chael's talked about his strength a lot. Chael's talking about his strength a lot about how physically strong he is and how how good of control he has against all guys doesn't matter if you're a small guy or a big guy he can control the position almost anywhere it goes and that's been one of his benefits the one thing i am a little bit concerned about is that this is his fight his first fight with american top team it's always hard to go from what you're used to doing 
to do a new camp and how they change things up. And sometimes those type of camps give you a little bit more freedom to do what you want because the first time they're working with you and you sometimes dick around. You know, like you, you don't, you, you're like, oh, I don't, I can do it on my own or I can, no. And so those are sometimes like the kinks got to get worked out in that first camp. I think what's lucky for him though is he was supposed to fight what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, three weeks and, ago. And then he ended up getting co he, COVID. He got COVID. He got COVID. He got COVID. For a second time. Yeah, for a second. <laughs> and his his wife was so happy. Oh, dude! It. And so and so all of this comes comes about where he's actually been in a full camp for you know for the last you know ten weeks. Then he took a little break because of COVID, obviously. But then he got jumped right back into finishing up where he was. He's like I just felt like I I was I never got out of shape. Actually, the rest for my body was good. And so now he's ready to fight. He's ready to get back in there. And I think the two of them, the factor is, is that. Austin Vanderford at 185 is normally the smaller, faster guy. Yeah, but be fast. he will not be faster in this fight. You know, DeJesus and him will be about the same size, and they'll probably be about the same speed. Yep. And you're basically seeing two guys that didn't want to cut weight fight at 185. Yeah, and that will make for a great fight. It should. And John, you've you've said this a bunch of times, and as much as I, I don't like to say that you're come on, baby, you're, you're not you're not right. I'll, but I'm saying I'll allow it, you on my team. It will will it will be fun to see two guys at their natural weight fight and to see what what kind of performance we'll get out of them. Because you're not having to cut a ton of weight. It's an easy cut. They're healthy. They're getting the best. When they get yeah. in the cage, they're going to have energy. They've been training. You know, the, the thing you talked about with ATT, the one difference I'll give you, he's been able to train with outstanding people, mm -hmm. both coaching-wise. You know, and he talked about, man, I didn't realize how good Moval was and how oh, smart geez, he King was. Mo. And we talk about it all he's the time. He's a nerd. Fight nerd, but, man, because that's all he does. He, he's watching tape and things all the time. He goes, man, he, he just pointed out little things that really made big differences. And so he's got that going for him. He's, then he's also got the fact that the guys he's been working out with, you know, Johnny Eblen just had a fight. He was training for it. He's got Yaroslav Amazov, who's oh. now like his best friend there. And, you know, and, you know, all of them, everybody at ATT says, stand by. They go, that dude is for real. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about him. He's 24-0. And he is good. And he's good everywhere. Well, now but, that Khabib's retired, he's got the best record of all of the whole sport of MMA. Well, yeah, not yet until Khabib's really retired yeah, and yeah, goes on is the way I look at but it. I mean, but, you know, he's kind of announced his retirement. Well, he, he did. We'll see. That's fine. That's great. I'm, I'm happy for him. But with Vanderford and Vanderford said, being able to work out with him and see, getting little things from him is oh, yeah. making a big difference in my stand-up game too. So, you know, those are the things that that's how you make that next step, get to that next level. And I think Austin's doing the right things with it. Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, Glover Teixeira. And Santos. I love Glover. Man. I've known Glover for, I hear it say, comes. John's years, about man. to say. John's <laughs> about to say, but. Uh, Let's hear it. But, John, but. Well, you know, if you're looking at it right now, there's going to be a tremendous difference in speed. And we talk about it all the time. Speed kills. And we kind of A little bit saw, like crack. Well, we, <laughs> I think we kind of saw a little bit of it with Anthony Smith when he fought Glover. Yeah. There was a difference in speed there, but Glover survived it and started to you know, land heavy shots, which Glover's got heavy hands. He's got really good wrestling. He's got an unbelievable top game uh, from jiu-jitsu. But the real question is, can he get the fight to the ground? Because I'm telling you right now, Glover Teixeira can get in the top position on the ground against Thiago. He's going to win that fight. You know, unless the time runs out because he only gets him down with 10 seconds to go or something like that. But if he gets him on the ground with time, Stand by, Glover Teixeira is going to win that fight. Now, the problem is getting Thiago to the ground there because he's gotten so much better with his wrestling defense. 
he is fast and he is powerful. You know, there's, there's been multiple times that I've watched Thiago knock people out. Again, I talked about it before. He knocked out Steve Bosset with a head kick that, I mean, it just, it was it's very reminiscent in the knockout power and what occurred when Masvidal knocked out Ben Askren and you saw him posturing, yeah. you know, stiff, exact same thing. And, you know, watching the fight that Thiago had against John Jones with bad knees in the middle of the fight, he still kept fighting. So I give him real credit for where his, you know, mindset is. He doesn't quit on the feet. It's going to take a long time for Glover to be able to do anything. And he needs to be very careful about getting himself with his back on the cage and Thiago being able to control the distance so he can actually have that length to make that power happen and not crush his power. Uh, I think Glover needs to crush that space. He needs to make this as much of a boxing or dirty boxing fight as possible. The question is, does he get hurt getting into that space at 40 years of age? You know, Glover's right near the end of this. Let's be honest. You know, it's not that he's at the end of his career, but He's fighting for the championship. He's fighting just top-level guys. So, you know, how much longer is that, you know, there for you? Because speed is a difference. Your ability to take shots is a difference. You know, there's all kinds of things that have happened. So it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting thing. Yeah, they – um. so – sorry, guys. We're just walking through some uh, stuff. Um, yeah, so we – yeah, so – we were talking Glover, like you said, needs to crush that space. And when Glover crushes that space, there's going to be a lot that goes on between, between him and Santos. Whereas Smith, Smith is someone who fights, who likes to fight at range, yep. likes to use that push kick, likes to go ahead and fight long punches. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Um, is Santos going to be able to do that with him? Santos, he throws a lot of kicks, throws a lot of heavy shots, and Glover just needs to get inside that pocket. If he's able to do that, I think that goes right into what, what we're talking about when it comes to um, like the betting odds. When I think in terms of betting odds, and I think of as far as with my bookie, mybookie.ag, we go right into that. Is that Glover is the underdog? Yeah. And but I don't re- I don't look at him as being that big of an underdog. And what is he at minus two forty? He's plus two. He's plus. Uh, I think he's like plus two twenty. Right plus two twenty. I, I think Thiago's minus two forty. So if we're gonna go right into that, that my thought is that. If Glover gets this fight to the ground, he wins. If Glover doesn't get this fight to the ground, he loses. He loses. That's and that's kind of how Which you have, you look at that, especially if you're betting. Uh, I'll always take the dog that has the chance of winning the fight. Now, it doesn't yeah. mean that I think that he's the favorite in winning the fight. I don't. If I was saying, you know, oh, it's even, I'll go one way. But when you have the odds that give you a guy and you go, oh, look, if I was going to bet, I would bet on him. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to win. But with what you're putting out and everything, it's probably the smart bet. This really is a story of – it kind of reminds me of like the beginning parts of UFC. You have stand-up versus striker. I mean, sorry, stand-up versus striker. Stand-up versus grappling. Stand-up versus, versus striker. Yeah. Hi, you got jokes now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And they say old people don't have a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I just look at it as in terms of like Glover needs to – and he showed it against Anthony Smith. He needs to cross the space, push him to the fence. Once this fight hits the ground, I, don't, I wonder if he can get Santos out of there in the first round. Tight submissions. His his side choke is the best in the game, I believe. He's so phenomenal on top. We saw with Anthony Smith, once he gets on top of you, he's, he's got heavy hips. He's hard. It's hard to move from underneath him. Santos is a little bit different than Anthony Smith in terms of he will explode up off the bottom, trying to get back to his feet. 
but there's a lot of wasted energy there if he doesn't get up. I always look at, you know, you got, I look back and I look at fights that are comparable that, that either guy has had. And you can take a look, and there's, there's two that I really look at if you're looking towards Glover Teixeira to win the fight. First is Glover against OSP. Mm-hmm. Glover fought Ovince Prue and Oh, look at if there's one thing that OSP is, he is athletic. Yes. Super strong, super explosive. Sometimes a little lazy in fights as far as, you know, doesn't, you know, extend a lot or takes his time and then all of a sudden explodes and wins the fight. And yeah. He's incredible as far as that, but very athletic and very explosive. And, and there came a point where Glover was on top of OSP and OSP was doing everything he could to explode and get himself. And every time he tried, he got in a worse position. Yeah. Until Glover was mounted on him and everything, and you look and you go, Glover's not the guy that you want on top of you. He's got that ability in the top game. And the other way I look at it is one of the, you know, I guess worst fights for Thiago goes back to UFC 200. He fought Gegard Mousasi. People don't remember it because it was a preliminary fight on that card, but Gegard Mousasi took him down and submitted him in the first round, pounded him out. You know, to the point where the referee stopped the contest, and you look and you go, it's showing. I, I don't care. You know, when you have this ability that Glover has of controlling, and that's what Gegard has, and he and Thiago showed, man, if someone's that good. Now, that was at 185. This is at 205. But when you've got a guy that can control the top position, is that good at it, that heavy, that you can't get away from him, you can't get to better positions, it makes it tough. And so, if, like I said, if, if it hits the ground and there's time, I think Glover Teixeira is taking the fight. Yeah, I would have to agree with you as well. I mean, like he, Glover just got to avoid those first initial onslaughts. We've seen Santos have good cardio throughout. He saw it, he saw it against John Jones. But is he in that good of shape with his first fight back? You can't stimulate fight shape. <clears throat> and coming back after what, almost over a year off and getting back into, into fight shape and understanding what the fight shape really is when you get in there, the other part is this because, mentally. you know, he's got – he had two. Yeah. Two knee surgeries. And, you know, we're not talking just a little arthroscopic with as far as, you know, cartilage. We're talking he has ACLs go – So he probably limps around a little bit like is you. Is that – yeah, probably. <laughs> is that going to play? Maybe it will have no effect in his mind at all. But maybe when he takes that step and you know if you've ever had a knee injury, anybody out there that's had one, you take that step and all of a sudden you feel that pop. The first thing you're thinking is, oh, don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me it just happened again. But, you know, and it doesn't mean that it did. It just can be scar tissue and things like that. But it's like, you know, those are the things you have to get through and you have to just let those things go. And hopefully he's in that position. All right. So we're going to start a segment called Weighing In on the Odds. We're going to give you our adjustments right now on these odds and go to mybookie.ag or .com, mybookie.com. Use the promo code Weighing In. They will match and double uh, whatever your whatever your initial deposit is. So you put if you use in, the weighing in. If you use the weighing in code. Yeah, you have to use the weighing in code. If I put 100 in, they give you another 100, so you have 200 to gamble with. Nice. All the way up to $1,000. If you put 1,000 in, they give you another 1,000, you have 2,000. So go ahead and uh, type that in, mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. He is plus 220, you said. Glover is. Yeah. That is a fight to me, like we just said, that it really comes down to if Glover can get the takedown, which I think he can, he he's, will win. He's actually currently plus 205 on my, uh, my book. Okay. 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 
So when we looked it up before we started, so people so, now so are So people seeing, are already smart and they're already betting on them. Yeah, they're already betting on them. We started this an hour ago. We started this show. And within an hour, it's dropped from 220 to, to 205. So um, to me, I feel like that if you are going to take a bet um, with a fight, it really comes down to whether Glover can get him down. If Glover gets him down, I think Glover wins the fight. Yeah, I, there's no doubt about it. I mean, if he doesn't, he's going to lose the fight. So you know, not saying that you can't lose it if you take Glover because if, if Thiago can keep this uh, thing on the feet, yeah, I think it's his fight. But one thing that Glover doesn't lack is fight IQ. He's, he is one of the smartest fighters, I think, in the game. It's just that he is getting older. Him crushing the space sometimes takes a little bit longer. He sometimes will absorb shots more so, which scares me a little bit. But if, you're, if I'm going to bet on something, I have a chance of potentially doubling my money, I would say take that. I would take those betting odds. Then there are the times when there's fights where you go, man, even though those are good odds for somebody, and I know that guy, I don't think he's going to win that fight. And, and if I look at one of those on that card, Andre Arlovsky is fighting Tanner Bozer. And uh, Tanner is on a tear right now. He's been hurting everyone with his hands. I love Andre. He is just a great guy. But he is uh, near the end of his career. He's yeah. taken a lot of damage in his career. And if Tanner touches him, I think he's going to be hurt. And I believe Tanner is somewhere. Dave, you can look this up for me. But I think he's somewhere right now at minus 225 or so. I might actually put 225 down to get he's, 100. He's minus 280. And Andre's, Andre's plus 220. Dang, 280. Yeah, you got to put down 280 to get 100, but I still think, you know what, you want to play the safe bet? I think I'd put the 280 down to get the 100. I don't bet like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bet like that. I'm balls deep, baby. It's all in or nothing. Yeah, woo. No, um, what other fights are on that you, card? You want the big payout. I do want the big payout. I always want the big payout. What's the point of doing it? I don't have my example. Not even worth it. Uh, what other what other fights are on that card? Do you know, Dave, do you know? So we... We've got uh, Raoni Barcelos versus Khalid Taha. Um, Ian Heinish versus Brendan uh, Allen. Against Brendan Allen. Yeah, that's a, that's a good fight. That's got to be close to even. What is that? Um, sorry, guys. I'm just trying to find it because I'm scrolling through. Uh, no problem. I, I would say Ian Heinish in that first half. Ian is tough as hell, man. He is. It's a minus 115 even. Minus 115 even. That's an yeah, even fight. Even fight. So, you know, that just goes on which style you think is going to be the best. Is it going to be Brendan and his stand-up being able to hurt Ian, or is Ian going to be able to wrestle him, get him to the ground, get on top and ground and pound him? It's a quality opponent's quality fight. Uh, that should be a fun one. Look, we have a lot of good fights this weekend. So, you have Bellator uh, Thursday night on CBS Sports. Check that out. We have um, also the prelims will be on Bellator be, YouTube channel. They'll be on Bellator YouTube channel as well, so you can check those out there. Like we talked about, this is the one, the one good prelim that we are very excited about. Check that out. And then, obviously, the UFC is on Saturday. So we will see you guys on Saturday night, and hopefully you guys enjoyed all the shows. Hey, guys, just real quick. So um, on Sunday, we, we missed um, breaking news that came out where Dana said that uh, Israel was going to fight Jan Blackwich for the ah, 205 title. That's right. And then he also said that um, he speculates Khabib is uh, coming back as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Izzy. Izzy and Jan. I think it's a perfect fight. If Izzy's going to go up and wait, it's the perfect fight for him to fight. Yeah. The speed, the reach, the range. I mean, sure, Jan is a big guy, 
but he's slower. Yeah, and he's got he's mainly just a straight boxer. He's a striker. He's just a striker, but mainly a straight boxer. The kicks will be a huge factor. The speed will be a huge factor. And the style of Izzy, I think, is going to be too elusive sniper. for him. Sniper. Just yes. a sniper comparatively. That's where I look at it. If I'm going to take a guy in a fight and I look at it and say, all right, who's going to win this? You've got to have as the guy that is Blahovich, the straight basic boxer in MMA, not a guy that's really known to take people down, that doesn't have that big pedigree of uh, competition behind him and able to do it. Not that unbelievable submission guy either. A guy that wins by knockouts, ground and pound. Mm-hmm. Izzy's not the guy to get that win no. against, man. And, you know, Izzy is, I, I can just tell you, man, he is so slick when he is fighting. And you take a look at what he did with Paulo Costa. I'm not saying that Jan is going to fight that same type of fight, but there was a reason that Costa was fighting that fight because Izzy made him. Yeah. All right. That is, you know, you can sit there and say anything you want. When Paula went in, he had a game plan. That game plan fell apart fast based upon what that guy across from him was doing. And if you go back and watch it, it was art. He just systematically broke him down, picked him apart, made him step into areas where he was waiting for him, smacked him. I honestly think Izzy's going to have two titles, man. If, I, if I was with Blahovich at this time, I said, that's not the fight that we want, right? Let's. We yeah. want our. We want, I don't care about the middleweight. I want my light heavy. I want my light heavyweight guys, and I would have tried to force him into that. But you know, he, this is a fight he wants, so good for him. I think it's a horrible fight for Jan. But <laughs> the the other thing as well is this might be that little coaxing of John Jones. Yo, come to Poppy oh, after he beats well, Jan. He's gonna say, "Where are you at, bitch?" He's gonna be talking about John the, Jones. Come only, get it from me, Poppy. But it's not. It's not only that he. He's taking what was John's. Yeah. The, the guy is brilliant yes. as far as playing the mind game. Perfect games. timing. He just does things, and you look and you go, God damn, that's good, yeah. dude. You know, and, and John has had his own little thing with him and stuff, but John dropping that title down, Jan winning it, and if Izzy gets that title, you don't think he's going to just screw with John. Oh, for sure. He will absolutely for screw sure. with him. And so you look and you go, hey. That's what this game is all about. Part of it is psychological, and, and Izzy's got that that part of the game down too. Well, the question is, will we ever see John fight at heavyweight? Like, if, look, if Izzy wins this fight, John and John hasn't fought yet at heavyweight because he said he wanted to go up and put the weight on naturally. I don't know what that means, but he wants to go up and put the weight on naturally, and he wants to go ahead and and be prepared to fight at heavyweight. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah, totally. But if Izzy just wins the title at two hundred five after beating Jan. I can see John saying, you know what? There's no reason for me to go to heavyweight now. I got I got the biggest fight I could ever get right in front of me at the weight class I belong in. If you're John, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do what? You cannot allow someone else to dictate what you do in your career. You've got to make smart choices. Like, and, and John can sit there and simply say. That's the say, story of John's John career. Letting somebody say, else dictate John what he can does. simply say. What are you talking about? I was in the light heavyweights forever. And I beat everybody. And you, when I freaking told you, come on up here, you said no. Yeah. You weren't ready. So I then went and I'm moving myself up into the heavyweight division. And as the heavyweight, I have to put on weight. So that's what I'm doing right now. 
you go ahead and play with your little light heavyweights yeah. now. I'm going to win the heavyweight title when you're ready to come face the big boy. Then step on up to this. No, come John, on, you got to no. be smart. No, I agree. He's got to be smart. But since when has John Jones ever been smart? Okay, let's just be honest. John Jones. Don't will, put me in these positions. John Jones I just gave will go back thing. down to 205 if Izzy <laughs> wins not the title. That. He will. He will you chase. Not do he that. will chase the money. Don't chase anyone. And he will chase Izzy because Izzy right John, now is a don't big. Don't chase anyone, John. No. Israel Adesanya is the bigger name. Israel Adesanya is the bigger name in this sport right now than John Jones. He might be. I think he is. He might be. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. Go ahead. Tell me I'm right. You're right. I, I know. <laughs> might be. Might be. I love it. How did those words taste? How did it come out of your mouth? Like vinegar, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, Podcast Dave, what you got there? You said the next. Oh, Dana. Khabib. Could Dana White announcing that Khabib may not be retired? Well, I think there's two things we need to talk about. Did you listen to Dana as far as his comments on Anderson Silva and Uriah Hall fight? No, I did not. Okay. And I'm not saying Dana was wrong. Because he actually was pretty, you know, very bluntly honest. Well, talk to me, Goose. What well, he you know, first off, he said that, you know, first off, Anderson shouldn't fight anymore. Yes. And I, I agree with him. And he's saying that any um, any athletic commission or any promotion that would have Anderson fight, you know, that, you know, that they're wrong and that would be disgusting. And you know what? I think he's yeah. I think he's on the he's right in the. I don't normally agree with him, but but it's not and it's not so much Anderson can still fight. It's can he fight at the top level now? No, we've kind of proven that now yeah. he can't. He's slowed down. He, he can't accept the damage like he could before. And so, you know, he's a different fighter. But he was brutal on Uriah Hall. Yeah. Brutal on him. Like I was. And I got brutalized in our comment man, section last week. he was brutal on Uriah Hall. And I was like, man. You know, what did he say? Well, basically, you know. What I said? Were, he was saying Uriah Hall was, you know, just standing there not doing anything. You know, this is your opportunity. But you got to be honest and look and say, man, he's fighting Anderson Silva. Anderson's not stupid. Anderson knows how to fight. And Anderson was doing a great job of controlling distance. And, and you know, when you have a guy that is good and you go in and you think that you're going to be able to do certain things, and those things don't work out. And every time that you're throwing, it's missing and you can't get that distance down because of what they're doing. You got to, you got to figure it out. And it takes time. And sometimes, you won't figure it out for the entire fight, and you're going to lose. But, you know, Uriah went out there, and he got the confidence finally at the end of the third round when he hurt Anderson. Then he came out and finished him. And you got to look and say, hey, he's a good fighter. Yes. Do I think he's – I never I, said he wasn't. I think he's got a confidence issue when he steps in the cage? I do. And it's always the question of which Uriah is going to show up. But – you know, he did He did show up in that end of the third and that fourth. He, when he finally got that distance and he figured things out, he made, he made things happen. You know, I felt bad that, you know, you have your boss sitting there basically saying, you know, we give you the you know, top people and you don't do anything. Well, that's the, sto- that's the story of Dana White's career, though. Dana well, White has always been that way, and that's how he gets the best out of his fighters. He gets them to rise to the occasion because he cattle prods them in the ass with comments like that. And we've seen that. But that's a sharp cattle prod. It is. But he's got he's gotten away with it for years. Certain guys that haven't conformed to that have left the promotion. This is why we have Corey Anderson. He didn't want to be part of that. He didn't yeah. want to be cattle prodded anymore. He didn't like that. And so when I when we're talking about Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall either needs to cut bait and go somewhere else, or he needs to just Bite down on his mouthpiece and start throwing punches. Because look, there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything in that fight that showed me he couldn't land. 
he just only was he was comfortable with just throwing ones, yeah. ones and twos. I agree. When he threw the three and the four, it landed. That's when he connected. That's when he connected, and that's when he dropped him. And so I got more on him about the fact that like I'm all for showing respect. I, I'm all for it. I, I my whole career, I felt like I've showed so many people respect that I've fought. I have no ill will towards anybody that I ever fought. Same thing. I, I forget the same feeling with Uriah Hall. You had a lot of ill will against officials, though. Yes, yes, you guys, because you guys sometimes are in the bad yeah. positions. But <laughs> the bottom line is, is that you're there's no one ever questioned. I've never questioned Uriah Hall's talent and his oh, you ability. Can't. You cannot his question talent that. Is incredible. It's the fact is, it's <clears throat> I won't even say it's his. It's, it is kind of his mental, but it's like just. Just throw the combination, yeah. even if you don't think it's going to land. And that's one of the hardest things to teach a fighter. I would, for the longest time myself, and I have other guys that we've worked with and trained with, have been the, in AKA, there's been the best guys in the world. We get in the habit with little gloves in MMA of just throwing ones and twos. Because you know that if you get hit with one, it can be over. Yeah. And it can be over fast. You have to force yourself to throw that three, that third punch, or that, that third kick, or whatever it is. You've got to force yourself to do it. And Uriah just had, he showed him too much respect in the beginning. And it wasn't going away until he actually caught him at the end of the third. He, he would have done the thing. He would have done the same thing the whole fight had he not dropped him at the end of the third. He would have been, we'd still probably be watching him stick and move, stick and move now. How many times have you been sparring? Just sparring. I'm not talking about your fights. Mm -hmm. And you step in with somebody that all of a sudden they're just tagging you and everything you throw just misses. How yeah. many times? It's happened. Because no, it, it's it happened. happens to everybody. It's happened a lot. But, okay. here, but here's the thing. is I make, how frustrating is it? It is. And how much time does it take for you to figure them out? Sometimes just a little, and sometimes you don't figure them out for a while. Well, no. Here's the thing, though, is that I never allowed myself to be put in that position for too long. It went from getting tagged for 30, 40 seconds of like, oh, shit, this ain't going my way. Let's change this up. Let's wrestle a little. Well, no, no, you're right. I'm, 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 I'm just right. I'm didn't just use talking, that. I'm just talking sparring wise. I am too. You know, not no grappling. I'm mainly we're, talking we're, sparring. We're just doing stand up. Yeah. Uh, you're stuck. Oh, yeah. We. I never really just did just stand up. Okay. I. I've always like, hey, this is this is MMA. I'm yeah. not just doing just stand up. <laughs> I'm using every tool I have in the box to whoop this dude's ass. I don't care if it's sparring. I don't care if you're the 125 pound guy in my gym. I'm gonna squash you dead. Like that's really the reality of what. What Uriah needs to AKA think. AKA flyweight champion. Josh yes, Thompson. yes, yes. <laughs> I might have lost that title towards the end of my career. <laughs> Those little guys are tough. Look. They're fast. They are fast. And they're super oh, elusive, man. Oh. You throw a punch. Under, anyways. Um, it really just came down to, it, to me, it came down to, and it showed at the end. And I think Dana, like I, I said this on our, last, our show last week, Dana has a thing against when people are the way that Uriah was at the end. And I said, and I said, Dana's probably going, look at this guy. Well, down there crying. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing. As a promoter. That's not what you want. It's not what you want. I mean, like, it's just, I, I'm just saying. It's okay like, to see if the guy's okay. Yeah, it's okay to see if the guy's okay. Hey, you know, a lot of respect. You know, I, you know, but I'm I think, sad I to think see you part go. of it is that Dana had so much in expectations when it came to Uriah based upon what That's he was Dana's doing. Fault. Based upon what he was doing when he was in the Ultimate Fighter, yeah. all the way up to when he you know, fought against Kelvin Gastelum in the finals, that all of a sudden it all you know, kind of you know fell apart for him. But I think Dana at that point was you know he was riding high with your eye, and now it's like you're never going to be that guy. Yeah, and so he just dismisses him. You know, We've seen time. this multiple times with other guys, though. Yeah, yeah. You know it happens a lot, yeah, and it, it really we. 
It's hard. We were just having this conversation when we were walking down here. You either are on the good list or you're on the bad list. <laughs> you get presents yeah. or you get nothing. You get a lump of coal. You know, and that's really what it comes down to. Um, you know, when you're there, you either toe the line or you don't. And they're going to push you and caterprod you in positions that they would like you to be in. And you, you either toe that line and, or, or, you, or you, you don't. Well, the truth of that, they want you to succeed because if you succeed, yes, they, they succeed. Yeah. And it's a But they want of, you to succeed their way. Well, of and course. And that's, that's what the difference is a little bit. Some guys, it's taken – you can say that John Fitch was not successful the way that they wanted him to be. But he still got to a title well, shot, didn't leave, but he was still successful. Yeah. You know, and then he left and he went to another organization, became champ there. Then he left and came here and went to a draw, you know, with, with Roy McDonald. Like, you can say that he was successful throughout his career. It just wasn't the way that they wanted him to be successful. And there was Knox also with GSP. I think that's a big reason why GSP just kind of was like, yeah, whatever, I'll do what I want. Like, he became such a star and made such, so much money, but he didn't toe their line either. I mean, they were sort of giving a hard time when he started taking people down. I enjoyed watching every second of what GSP did throughout his career. But they, but the UFC and Dana White, they didn't like what he had become after he lost to Matt Sarah. He became a wrestler. So he just took someone down, held them down, controlled the position. It was and not just as dominant, exciting. Just didn't take the risk that he needed to take, that they wanted him to take. And he wasn't towing that line anymore. And if it wasn't GSP, then... If it wasn't GSP, they would they would have probably tried to brush that guy to the side, or they would have tried to get him beat. But through GSP, you couldn't get him beat. He was too damn good. <laughs> they tried multiple times. They tried. Yeah, they did. You know, and it, they weren't they weren't successful. And so that being said, like you you not everyone can be the way that they want them to be, but you can still have a successful career. We saw that with John Fitch. We've seen it with other fighters as well. So I I don't know. It's one of those. It's one of those situations where I, I've continued to say, look, winning solves everything. Every fighter, doesn't matter who you are. If Uriah keeps winning, they'll have nothing to say. Even if it's boring, Uriah, just keep winning. Yes. Just keep winning. True. You may have got from last week's show that you think that maybe I don't like Uriah, but that's not the case. I enjoy watching him fight. The thing is, I don't like the, the show of respect with the level of competition when it goes up. You're too talented. You're too good. Look, they will respect you more. After you knock them out, you help them up, and you say, hey, man, great fight. Leave it alone, man. That's as far as it needs to go because at the end, no one wants to be coddled either as a fighter, especially after I lost. I don't want you, I don't want you coddling me. Like, I don't want you talking about how great I am. I don't, I don't want to hear that shit because I just lost. You know, I want you just to be like, hey, man, great fight. You know, pleasure sharing the cage with you. You know, and let's get a beer. Like, that, that kind of thing. Like, Absolutely. let's have dinner. Let's, let's catch up sometime. That's it, man. That's the extent of, I think, what top athletes – they don't want to be. They don't want that to happen to them after, especially after a loss, especially after a knockout loss. So that was my take on what I saw last week, and apparently Dana kind of felt the same way. Yeah. And like I said, is look, even how I feel, I'm looking at it from a promoter standpoint. I don't want fighters doing that. I want to see the fighters with the killer instinct. Like, hey, on to the next one, man. I'm ready for who's the champ. I want the champ next. Like that kind of attitude and mentality is what you're looking from, looking for from your athletes, and you're not getting that from your eye home. All right, last thing is Khabib retired or not. Dana says no, he's going to come back. If he is not, it's just the GSP fight. I'm just saying, so that means that there must be some talk and some conversation. I follow GSP on all the social media because I'm a big fan, and he seems to be working out a little bit more hard, like a little bit more intense these days. Uh, well, not so only maybe. that, but Frias, uh, his coach, Frost. Frost. I'm sorry, Frost Sahak, 
is uh, he's doing a lot of homework on, on Khabib now. <laughs> he's doing a whole lot of looking at him. So there's reasons why he's doing yeah. that. It could be that it happens. It could be that it doesn't. And if it does, great. I hope it's, it's not great. happening at 55, and I don't think it's no. happening at 70. I think it's going to happen at a catch weight. It's going to be a super fight. Maybe they'll, call it, maybe they'll call it the GOAT title, whatever it is, like a little, you know, a belt like they did with the BMF. But I really believe that if he does come well, back. If he gets the GOAT title, remember where that came from. That GOAT belt. Yeah, thank you. Weighing in podcast. Thank you very much. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I think that is the fight, the only fight to make. And that's the only fight that I think he'll come back for. I think that's the only fight his mom will allow him to come back for because that was something that his dad really wanted. Well, his dad wanted him to go out at 30 and 30, you know, but his with dad the, wanted him to win against GSP. GSP as his last fight. Yeah. So that is part of the That's the, a tough task, even at 39 plan. years old, if GSP was to fight him. Uh, I, honestly, I would love to see Khabib in that fight, mm -hmm. and I don't want to see George in that fight. Mm. I would love to see Khabib get that 30th win. I don't want to see George uh, come out of retirement. He's been out too long now again. You know, he came out against Bisping, and Bisping is a, is a fantastic fighter. You know, people can like him, hate him. I don't care. I do a lot of Michael's fights. He was freaking good. He was. And he was, he was a guy that had a gas tank, man. He brought a pressure. And I will tell you that, you know, before he got hit with a left hook, that Freddie Roach called it out. And before, when I went to the corner, this is look, he's open for this hook. When you I want you to you're gonna throw that left hook. That's what he hurt Michael with. That's what he got ended up getting behind Michael after putting him down and getting the choke and, and submitting him. But Michael was coming on and mm -hmm. George was starting Slow to down. fade because of strength, weight, everything. And I think partially that layoff, you know, there's a difference when you you talk about fight speed and what it's like to fight that fight pressure. There's a big difference when it's real, and so yeah, I don't think it was so much the fight speed as much as uh, maybe that was a little bit of a factor. But I think it was more the fact that he was carrying more weight than he normally is used to carrying, and he hadn't had a full time to really have a full one or two camps of carrying that extra weight. We talk about it all the time, guys. I want to go up and wait. You got to put it on the right way. Yeah. You know, John Jones talking about that right now as well. That's what he's doing. If I'm going to fight up a heavyweight, I'm going to put the weight on properly. Yeah, I don't want to say, but, <laughs> but you know, there's there's ways of doing it. Let's say he's doing it properly. Yes, he is. Okay, there we I go. Think he is. Or he's chasing guys with uh, out of his garage with shotguns. I like yeah. that. Yeah, great, lovely. You know, I, I heard a lot, there's a lot of people criticizing. It's like the man is protecting his property protecting and his, his family. Thank yes. you very much. Yeah. Good job, John. Yes. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for another show of weighing in, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, man. Hey, we had a different setting today. We're gonna probably try and do this again next week. Uh, in the same same place, same location. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I same love bad time, same bad same channel. Bad and same if you bad. get a chance, take a look at that fantastic t-shirt. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com where you can go to the weighing in, look at the picture of Josh and me, hit that sucker, and come up with some of our fantastic t-shirts that we have available for you. This lighting is really good. We're going to have to use this a lot. We have 20% off for the rest of the year with code FATE as well. Oh, look at that. For the rest of the year, is that all the way through December 31st? Yep. Code fight. So go use code fight, 20% off on the t-shirts. You'll look fantastic wearing it for Christmas. John only has one left, one last thing to say to you guys. That would be see ya.